Hey, welcome to the Fuck Around and Find Out podcast. Today is going to be our first of a series of interviews that happen just absolutely randomly on Mondays, uh, where we kidnap a stranger from a chat room and uh, make them talk to us. So we have Mushroom Czar on today. (laughs) And he is, he might be a little bit high, but it's going to be smidge. Just a smidge. No, no, we're okay. We're happy to be here. Awesome. Outstanding. So what made you start your server on Discord? So I feel like a lot of people, I wasn't I wasn't aware of Discord for a long time, but after seeing one of Micro, Micro Geeky's podcasts, I heard about his Discord server, I joined up, and I realized that the mushroom community on Discord was massive. Before, I thought it was strictly reserved for like game, gaming people and nerds and the likes. But it turns out that there's a massive mushroom community on Discord, so I just wanted to be a part it of it. It is quite ginormous. It was, yeah, it was surprising to me. Like, it's probably as big as any other community, except for maybe Reddit, but yeah, fuck Reddit. Ugh. I mean, your server's actually pretty big. Got a lot of people on there. Mm, we try to keep it small. Try to keep it a close knit community. I don't want too many people. Too many people oh, these to conversations. Oh, absolutely, we're the same way. Like to keep it down to about four or five. Yeah, people. you've got you've got quite a few people out there. We have a lot less than ours. I mean, everyone that I've invited is strictly like strictly a cultivator. Like someone that I've seen either on another server or on another uh, platform, social media platform that got my interest, and I messaged them asking about their details. Or some people, most people, have put genetics off as well. I mean, we've got some, we've got some A-class celebrities like yourselves. Right. I wouldn't call myself an A-class celebrity. I would be more like a, I'm more a high grade. I'm a B movie. I'm a high grade C. Yeah, I'm, <laughs> a high grade C. <laughs> I'm a B minus, yeah. so I don't know if there's a difference. I like to go like you know, just above passing. If there was a grade, I'm just above passing. Pharaoh wants because, to be the D. Oh, of course, everybody does. <laughs> but so. You made your own Discord. Are you on any other sort of social media? Because I don't really trust, like, Instagram or Facebook or anything like that with anything to do with mushrooms. Anybody that puts something on Instagram, they put their little watermarks on there, it's already been fucked with. So you never, you can't even tell if it's a real picture anymore. No, for sure. I don't, I don't use any social media. I am on social media. I'm on Facebook and on uh, Instagram under the name Mushrooms are same name, but I don't post. I never post anything on social media. I don't, don't trust it. I don't, I feel like it's, yeah, signing your own warrant at a, at a certain point, posting lots of pictures of what you're up to. It's good to, it's good if you're on a, yeah, if you're on a small scale, but I don't, I, yeah. I don't. I completely agree. I don't think there's any reason to post a bunch of shit on such highly regulated areas like, yeah. you know. They've already clicking? admitted they gave you stuff to FBI, you know what I mean? Which one of you is clicking like they're jacking off? Because somebody over there is like, click, 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 click. I don't hear anything. Who's playing a game? Is somebody playing a game? No. That's ridiculous. <laughs> 
Why would you possibly be playing a game? It certainly sounds like you're playing a game. That's that's untrue. I'm watching <laughs> one. <laughs> yeah. But, no. By watching porn, I mean going through videos of, you know, naked women. <laughs> I look at all these new crap coming out and like nobody ever grows like regular looking mushrooms anymore, right? Like why grow your regular looking just like golden teachers? Everybody's growing all this weird new shit. The newest one that I'd like to try, have you seen how uh, I think it's Yoshi came out with the one that's supposedly a cross between a cube and a gnat? Yeah, that, that's You're talking about the yellow, the yellow um what is it, yellow mambo or something like that? Yeah, Umbro. yellow. I don't know, man. Umbro, that's what it is. That's Umbro. Right. Yeah. That one looks pretty interesting. I like uh, that. That's, that's what the light bright looks like for the monster girl, remember? Not quite oh, yeah. as yellow, but the light bright looks just like that. They got some pretty cool shit going on over there. But, oh, yeah. No, there's a picture of it. It's really creepy. It's cool. But now it's like nothing looks the same. And I think half of these are just like uh, from them cleaning their, their their containers and then not actually like rinsing them out afterwards. <laughs> yeah, so a little bit of Lysol in there? A little bit of Lysol in there. It's been, it's been a pretty well known that you could cause mutations like a mother with uh, Lysol. It's a mutagenic for mushrooms. Probably for people too. But nobody's really going out there and drinking, like, you know, doing shots of Lysol like they do with Tide Pods. Well, not till you just said something. No, no. It's going to be a new trend on fucking TikTok. That is not something you're going to be responsible for. <laughs> I don't know, man. If we could make people look shot. like... Yeah. If we could make people mutate and look all cool like the mushrooms... Flip inside out and shit. Hell yeah. I'll be down for that. Make diagnosing things wrong with them a lot easier. Here, go over there to that other room and take this shot real quick. Yeah. <laughs> we'll be right in. My yeah, question is, what do, what do you people do for monotops? I feel like you must you must have it dialed down to, a, after 20 odd years of growing, you must have got it dialed down to a decent point by now. It's, it's- each strain is different, honestly. I mean, but yeah, I start with an unmodified tub, and if I see that it needs something, I'll poke a couple holes in there. But it's always basic. I know Farrell's a a baggy, a baggy guy for sure. I like bags, but I also do bags in a tub. So I, yeah. I lay my bags out horizontally. I use very large bags. I lay them out horizontally, and so that the substrate's about like you know two or three inches thick inside these giant bags. And then once they're colonized, they drop them into an unmodified tub and cut the top out of the bag and uh, just let them fruit straight out of the bag so there's nothing actually touching. They have, like, their own liner already built in. Does that make sense? And clean up oh, and yeah. just tip yeah. the thing outside. Uh, but um, I use it like that just because I found that it keeps my, my any sort of contamination down, like, a lot to nothing. Uh, and... It allows me to do a whole bunch at once when I need to. I can just stack all those bags, just like you would at the store. While they're colonizing, just stack them, stack them. And uh, 
then pull them out when they're done. Except you don't want to do them more than like four or five deep because they do put off their own heat while they're colonizing. And they I was going to say, don't, uh, they're not killing each other from the heat from the bag? They will. Yeah, I've, I've done that accidentally. But, uh, yeah. Or, uh, but other than that, they're, they're great. Um, I've done a couple of, like I did in a, just a tub, I did, uh, what do you call it, ODPE in a tub just to see if I still remembered how. And it was really, it was really, really easy. Um, it was more messy because you know then you had to clean out the tub instead of just dump the bag out. But uh, well, if you use a liner and the you got the liner set up right, the liner actually sticks to the substrate. That's so there's more. Never- that's more work when you're already doing it and it's built in with the bag. But you're making you know? the bag the same time I'm making the liner. Hmm. Yeah, but you're still using a bag to do your substrate. You like clean your substrate and everything, aren't you? Like sterilize it? No, I just throw it in a bucket. Well, no, remember, I, I was doing when I because I do mostly bags now. I'm not gonna lie, but when I do my tubs, I no, that's pretty much I pasteurize that shit. That's way too much stuff to be fucking running bags. Hundred percent. Everything that I'm doing now is not sterilized. None of it's nutritional. It's all CVG. A little bit. Uh, of this, a little everything bit I do is. Nutritional. I've got all that. Uh, I did that uh, that troll post a while back about making all that substrate, and I've still got. Oh my god, that fifty-five pound bag of uh, stuff turned into so much substrate. I've got just bags, ten pound blocks of substrate just all over in the house that are just sitting there waiting to be used. I did learn, however, that uh, no matter how clean my house is, that uh, just go ahead and just inoculating straight and open air just did not work. Uh, no. No, I had one bag of grain out of like six actually uh, colonized. The rest of them all tricked out. Even though the house is like stupid clean. What is my daughter? She wants to be interviewed. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I mean, so what? You're are you a mostly bag, or you are you obviously you're asking about tubs, but you're uh, you pretty much. Um, I've, I've just started converting to bags. I've I've always used tubs up until this point, but I recently finished my first couple bags, and I, I don't think I ever look back. I I love the whole neglect tech of bags, just leaving them to do their thing and then not touching them until they're ready to harvest. It's beautiful. It's great. I mean, I love the bags. The problem is, I I love my mycelium too much, and I'm always fucking peeking. And when you do it long enough, you can see like what might help them grow a little bit more. So I'm always like uh, fucking with shit, honestly. You know, so I I don't I, usually if, if they're growing well, I leave them in the bag. If they are doing something different, and I know if they get they use some more fresh air. You know, where they need to be missed and it looks like it's getting dry, it's really using the moisture because they're fucking monsters. I'll actually cut the tops off the bag. And then I use, I put them all on the tote. But I put the tote upside down so they're actually sitting on the lid. So all the fresh air comes out the bottom, all the carbon dioxide, and it's always, so it has to be replaced with regular fresh air. So I'm not poking any holes in the tubs. And then you just lift the tub up, you spray the top of the tub, put it down, and you can adjust everything so it's everything's precise. 
When you do a bag, do you just throw everything in a bag and leave it with a filter patch, or do you induce some sort of fruiting condition in the bag? Because I just, uh, you just leave it alone. I leave yeah, it alone. Do anything it wants eventually. You know, if it, it, what what basically it's going to grow. It's going once it realizes that it's actually touched all the nutrients in that bag, and there's nowhere for it to go, it's going to realize now it's time to fucking fruit. Doesn't matter if it's in the dark. Doesn't matter if it has FAE. Doesn't matter, you know, if, if the fucking lights from the sun or a fucking, you know, a glow in a dark dildo. It's going to start fruity because the whole purpose of that mushroom is to go ahead and keep its genetics going so it has some fruit to make spores. Challenge accepted. I'm definitely doing the glow in the dark dildo tech. Nice. I'll send you one. <laughs> I mean, yeah. So I think bags, bags definitely. Once you get, once you get everything dialed up, and you, it's all about making sure you've got the right amount of moisture in your substrate. If you've got a substrate that's too dry, and you put it into a bag, it's it's going to be a nightmare because you have to open the bag and mist it. I've seen a right. few people. Well, do you that. have to just make sure you're, you got field capacity. I mean, the pregame is more important than the game usually. You know, because you're going to be watching that bag. You're not going to be able to do anything if you want to keep it sterile. But if you make sure your everything's set up, your game plan is all set, you, you don't have to worry about it. I mean, because you have all that time before you sterilize that bag to go ahead and fucking why? Why wouldn't you make sure it's perfect? Well, there's a lot of ways to cheat with that, like putting a handful of straw or a handful of aspen shavings in the bottom of your bag before you try to bring uh, in your substrate. So if your substrate's a little bit too wet, it's going to give up that moisture to the straw or the you know uh, aspen in the bottom. Um, if it's a little bit too dry, then you're kind of screwed. Like the bread in the cookie jar. Yeah, like the bread in the cookie Nice. What's so? What kind? You got anything? What's been your favorite uh, strain to grow? uh, Damn it, that was my question. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I mean, I've always had a deep. Well, I want to say a deep love, but I've always the first strain I ever grew was quite simply double. I think it's albino A plus. And it has been the single most prolifically fruiting strain I've come across. But my favourite strain to actually grow, the favourite look and the favourite... I've probably had the most interesting stack. I've had blobs and all sorts created off of Lucid Gates. I'm not sure if you've ever heard of Lucid Gates. It's a very... It's got a very fun... Yeah, it's got a very fun... I'll send you a picture later. It's got a very funky looking stem... I've done pearly gates. I've heard of pearly gates. Yeah, I don't want a picture. I just want the genetics. Well, I mean, that A plus albino, that's one of the really well domesticated uh, strains. Like when I'm talking about domesticated strains, I mean, been around for a long time, and people have bred it over and over and over and over again. Yeah, like B positive or B plus or however you want to call it. I think it's pronounced B positive. That thing's been around for yeah, that's why it's that's why it's B plus. It's B positive. Because it's like, you know, it's supposed to make you happy. <laughs> okay. But uh yeah there, so okay, like, B positive. Ah get it. <laughs> <laughs> I get it. Yeah, so B like B positive. It's been around forever and ever and ever. And man, I've had some absolute monsters 
grow in bags from be positive. Like, just like arm-sized things. Um, and uh, same with golden teachers. A golden teacher is going to look like a golden teacher is going to look like a golden teacher. But it's been, but at this point, it's been, um, it's hybridized with everything else, right? Like the TAT syndicate and everybody else. Uh, they all started with golden teachers because it's so well established. You can mutate the shit out of it by just pheno hunting. I prefer Ecuador. That was my first and basically first decade of my growth <laughs> experience. It was all basically one prince that I just kept reusing and I kept doing grain to grain. But yeah, I've been working with Ecuador for ever. Oh, dude, my first, my first grow, I think I got this like absolute shit looking print that was just light as hell on a, uh, piece of an envelope, you know, like from just one of those crappy envelopes that people try to turn into filters from the uh, the post post office. office. Yeah. Yeah. It was just like folded up in that and it was handed to me by a friend and he's like all proud that he made it, the print. And I'm like, this has got to be like the seventh or eighth print that this particular cap of mushroom had made because it was light. Lighter than fuck. Yeah. Oh yeah, it was barely there, and I was like, I didn't know what I was doing, man. I was like, I dipped like the whole damn thing in the water and kind of like shook it around to get the spores off, oh, and then uh, oh, it was a dirty mess. But I was successful. I know it's because it was a golden teacher. Is freaking things are bulletproof? Yeah, they'll, they'll grow in fucking sand if you let them. Yeah, <laughs> I was. You know, it was successful. Uh, but then after that, uh, I mean, I sucked it. Uh, I sucked it. I really did suck at the beginning. But that was back when we were doing, like, um, shit. I think uh, the first grow was a nylon bag that was uh, full of, uh, like, straw and horse poo that was, like, but you had to go out and find, like, the dry horse poo that kind of had white stuff. Yeah, I had that like patina on it. And then, <laughs> yeah, and you put it in your bag and you made like tea out of the bag and like boiling water. And then you took it out and you squeezed it out. And then you inoculated it with your like, like your, your liquid spores and uh, prayed, basically. Yeah. Um, but, uh, and it grew. And looking back, I think the reason it grew is because I did it outside in a five gallon bucket. And, like, I put the whole bag inside of a bucket and then just kind of loosely put the top on. And when we were talking about, like, in the previous podcast about something magical happens outdoors when you try to grow stuff outdoors, that you just end up with a whole lot less contamination, period. And it might just be the amount of fresh air and the temperature fluctuations that happen. I think it's UV. You think it's UV? I think it might that, be UV. I think it might. I think it kills off a lot of shit that because there is no ultraviolet light, from the sun in a bag in a closet and in a tent it just has you know does whatever the fuck it wants i think it's the uv light you know yeah i mean i got we get sunburned you know they get fucking dead (laughs) i got quite a few mushrooms off of that first grow like uh you know for a for a beginner i got you know a nice little like a a little ice cream bucket full all together and uh that was a great time i mean i Rationed those bitches out like they were, 
you know, <laughs> the last chocolate on the planet. You know? <laughs> Willy Wonka's golden fucking, yeah. Telling everybody, like, yeah, I got the, I got them. They're, they're super good, guys. Like, they're the best ever. They're super special. And it's like, no, no, man. It was just random golden teachers. I think I even still got some of those original, like, the original print from that. Like, orig- a print that I made from that, but it was wow. on a... a how many years ago was that? <laughs> a long time, dude. It's easy for me because I know it was just right before the millennia, so I know how long it is for me. That's how that's mm-hmm. that speaks to how organized you are because I started like not not much over two years ago, and I already I've already lost my first warprint. I already don't have any of my original cultivar of A pluses. Well, I mean, mushroom spores are very, very easy to keep, and they'll keep almost freaking indefinitely. Uh, so it's really easy to make a print and put it inside of a journal. So uh, I have I keep really good notes, and I find that like we talked about it before in a previous podcast, a drunk me takes amazing notes. Um, whenever I have you know a couple of beers, my attention to detail with my note taking goes way the fuck up. Like, if I'm sober, then it's like, eh, I'll remember, you know? But, like, drunk me's like, no, dude, you need to really pay attention. And so we're going to, like, write down every step. You used your left hand to hold this, this way, and right hand, you know? And, (laughs) but, uh, so I keep really, really good, really, really intricate journals of things that work or experiments that I do, and even of things that fail, uh, I'll go back and amend them and be like, well, this sucked. Uh, but I've got journals that are just, hey, this is this was this entire grow, and here's the spore print from it. So I've, Yeah, I've got whole paragraphs in my in my books that I have like, yeah. just circled and crossed off. Like when I started, we have to put, we used to have our tubs. We used to have to put them in a black plastic trash bag, tie it up, put it in a closet, don't look at it for 12 days, and then you can look at it. You know, so that, was, that, was, that that's how it was for me for about like four or five years before we realized we don't need a trash bag. But it was, yeah, yeah I think no, no keeping is so important. I think my first grow journal I started was uh, 95 or 90, 96, 95 or 96. Damn, you got beat, so that's beat, probably, so that's probably the first sport print I have is from 95 or 96. And I got it from a meetup with a guy that I met on, like, the old Yahoo chat. Like, the old one, the HTML one, you had to refresh all the fucking time. Like, oh, you type you something. Oh, you cartoons with it? Yeah, you'd have to, you'd have to type something and then hit refresh. You'd type something and then refresh the page, right? It didn't yeah. automatically, like, a refresh. And uh, I met up with a dude who happened to live, like, in the same state. It was, like, a far way away. And I was a kid. And it turned out that it wasn't creepy. Like he totally, <laughs> he totally didn't want to rape me. Like this was like before. Like I guess surprise rapey sex was like a big thing with the internet, right? And like everybody was like trusting and shit on the fucking internet. What? And so, yeah, like that's weird to think about. But back then was a different time. I mean, uh, anyway, yeah, I don't. Fuck, it might have even been before internet porn was big. 
But uh, no, come on. <laughs> <laughs> well, it was back before internet porn moved. It was probably oh. just static pictures. Took like oh yeah, internet relay chat. And then it's like like a tent loads. And then the top of the a nipple loads. It just keeps going. That's all right, perfect time. Five minutes later, Yeah. Five minutes later, the whole picture's loaded, but you're already done and cleaned up. Yeah, you're already done. <laughs> so, no, met up with uh, with them and got the sport print and traded a bunch of random other crap that I had. It wasn't drug-related or anything like that. I think I paid like five bucks and, you know, just stuff that I had. It was really interesting. And then they talk, talked about for about ten minutes about like, uh, hey, this is how to do it, what to do with it, blah, 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 blah. But uh, and then like an email address and hey, if you have any questions, just hit me up, message me or whatever. And I mean, it worked. It was it was pretty cool. After that, I mean, I, I grew out the same, you know, golden teachers a billion times, and I didn't know there was like a billion other different ones until many years later. You know. Yeah, I but, thought there were like ten when I got mine. It was like all right. I don't need to go ahead because I had so much. Well, my first two were just nasty spider cobweb fucking horrible messes. But after that, you know, pretty much you get the tub down. I don't know. Maybe I'm just lucky. But how long has mushroom cultivation been a been a common practice? I mean, has it been in the recent? Has it been recent uptake or here or everywhere? Are you talking about like actives? Because uh, actives have been unintentionally or intentionally spread for a long time. Um, the Vikings used to go ahead and attack fucking cultures. They would they would use magic mushrooms, eat them. Yeah, but they nuts. grew so easily over there, like that uh, in the wild. I don't know how much how much of it is intentional. Maybe they would bury some like you know reindeer shit places and stuff like that on maybe, purpose. Maybe. But uh, as far as, like, gourmet mushrooms, Jesus, the Chinese have been doing it, the Japanese have been doing it for, uh, you know, probably a thousand years. Um, So I imagine that psychedelic mushrooms have probably been, I mean, people do some pretty weird shit, right? The first person to figure it out you could fucking milk a cow did some weird shit. Yeah, right. right. (laughs) So. Not a cow. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> like, like, you know, uh, so you figure that it's probably been like, hey, this was pretty cool. Hey, I can grow those kind of mushrooms. Let me see if I can grow these guys. Let's see if we can just take this cap off and bury it in a pile of poo and see what happens. So I think it's probably been around for quite a while, probably a lot longer than people think. I mean, people have always been looking for a way to escape reality, whether it's been through the cultivation of various drugs or from alcohol, alcohol or yeah, Aztecs and everything else. I mean, half their shit was revolved around eating mushrooms. So I'm pretty sure their shamans were all growing their mushrooms. And a shitload of freaking chocolate. Not the way we do chocolate nowadays. Like, they were using concentrated, you know, coccolines and stuff like that that actually got them kind of fucking high. Right. So you got trippy and sugar high at the same time. It was not sweet. It was not sweet. Their uh, their cacao, uh, the preparations of cacao was not sweet at all. It was very bitter. 
Then they used to drink it. It wasn't it some sort of drinking chocolate. Yeah, they would make a they'd make a drink out of it. It would kind of rep, be like shitty hot chocolate to people today. But uh, <laughs> it uh, it was just basically take the the fermented the cacao seeds and then they'd crush them up and um, mix them really really fast with a bit of uh, milk if they had it. If not, then they would use it with water and it would get a little frothy and foamy just because of the fats in it. Because you got a lot of cocoa butter and everything else in that, and then they would drink that. But we're talking about not like a few seeds. They would take like a handful of them and put them on a freaking mug, and the shit would be kind of thick. Uh, but they were ingesting the whole seed, and instead of refining it, so they were getting a bit of a buzz out of it. I mean, they've got caffeine in it. It's got all sorts of different things, uh, theobromine in massive quantities. So. Uh, I mean, they're getting a buzz out of it and probably killing their dogs if the dogs drink it. Yeah. I remember seeing a lot of dogs in, <laughs> in any of their, uh, their paintings. Well, they had dogs. They were little hairless things that they didn't really use more for bed warmers than anything else. Chihuahuas? Mr. Nah, they had little nasty. Oh, they looked like hairless coyotes. <laughs> Who invented chihuahuas? What country do we have to thank for chihuahuas? Whose idea was that? Fucking Mexico. Mexico. (laughs) Yeah, fucking Ren. Ren. It was fucking Mexico. Uh, They were originally, I believe, like dogs for like richer people because once again, they were little bed warmers, right? They were companion animals that were like, they've they've never been like the ferocious chihuahua, the hunting companion, okay? It's always <laughs> been <laughs> the chihuahua. This is my slightly retarded dog that I also happen to feed table scraps to and keeps me warm at night. Um, or the, And that's one of the interesting things is that if you look back through the genetics of the chihuahua, this is a goddamn serious rabbit hole. It's anyway, a rabbit hole for sure. Where's my fucking sound effect? <laughs> <laughs> Where's the sound effect? Where's the go fleet? The go fleet. But uh so uh the but uh it turns out that the Chihuahuas were one of the first dogs to be able to eat and process grains by themselves. Like they make their own amylase alpha and amylase beta in their stomachs, whereas most dogs did not and were not able to eat grains until recently. So Pretty cool, right? I think it's cool. I do. Yeah, consider me fascinated. Another way for companies, another way to make for companies to make their money on uh, their dog food, selling brains instead of meats. Yeah, although well, you thank the damn Chihuahuas for that. Certain genus, certain genus of dogs. Just I don't know how they ever came to existence. I don't know what use there was in a chihuahua. Who thought what I was really missing was a chihuahua? <laughs> they went, you know what? I have this. Person allergic to I have this. I have this. I have this fucking wolf, and it's a great companion, and it, it just helps me run down and kill these deer. You know what would be great if this thing was eight ounces and nervous all the fucking time. <laughs> it fucking pisses itself every time somebody walks in the door. <laughs> <laughs> just, it would sit on my lap and just bite everybody else. That's that'd be the perfect fucking animal right there. Yeah. 
Oh, that reminds me of a story I heard. Uh, not a story, but I read it in the news um, that there was this, I think it was Arkansas, uh, there was this puppy mill that they busted. And uh, the people had been breeding, like mass breeding these chihuahuas. And anything that didn't really conform or whatever, they just put them in this fenced-in back area. It was like 100 acres. They just tossed them out there and let nature take its course. So they had these huge packs of, like, completely feral chihuahuas. That is awesome, but horrible at the same time. Running around, like, just absolutely feral. And I'm thinking, like, how many fucking chihuahuas does it take to take down a deer? Right? Like... I mean, they're surviving. (laughs) They're surviving, but you've got, like, a whole bunch of, like, two or three-pound dogs. Well, they had caught them. They went and caught them, and they they deemed them completely unhabituable. Like, they couldn't couldn't tame them down and and find them homes. They end up having to put down, like, 200 or some out of them. Um, But, like, and I was like, what the hell? Like, how could these look like? So I started looking for pictures, and it looked like the – these looked like the most rabid-looking fucking little dogs you ever seen in your life like they were oh dude they were so angry looking i was like damn you know actually if i probably that's a very angry tiny chihuahua (laughs) (laughs) like i was like holy shit i wouldn't like to be confronted by a pack of like you know 20 of those you see one of those you're like oh what's up puppy that's like a dinosaur in fucking jurassic park the little small one that hop around there and you got 40 friends but you know the chihuahua (laughs) <laughs> there's yeah. just there's just this this brown wave of fucking anger that just swoops over the deer. It just swarms over it like ants taking down a fucking dinosaur or some shit. <laughs> I want a chihuahua now. Oh, I don't. I like my dog. I have a rat terrier. She's a but not like the little toy rat terrier. It's like a medium sized dog rat terrier, yeah. and she's she's murdery as shit. Yeah, my my pit bull is a she's gorgeous, friendly as fuck. Oh, Mubbits is great. She hates my dog's birds. great. <laughs> Mubbits, she, she back in the day used to be really badass. She was uh, now she's a little chunky because she's old as shit. But uh, back in the day, man, when she was like a little. This 15 pound, 17 pound beast. She was killing. Uh, she'd murder the raccoons all the damn time and bring them back home. Oh, nice. uh, yeah, take out foxes. Like they were trying to get in the chicken coop and stuff like that. She'd just go crazy and run out the door, and you'd hear a bunch of angry noises, and then her just dragging a freaking gray fox or a red fox back to the house. And it's like, damn, good girl. I had to, I had to go outside once. Because my dogs were uh, <laughs> attacking a bear. I actually had to go out there with a hockey stick and smack a bear in the face because it was getting ready to kill my dogs. See, and that's a really fucking Canadian thing to say. Well, you know, and you wonder. <laughs> bears don't No, bears don't play. Do you guys have bears over there in the UK? Absolutely not. Absolutely, the, the scariest animal we've got is a uh, fox. Ooh, yeah, that, that's, think you, that's horrible. I didn't think you guys had. I didn't think you guys had bears. I know, like Russia, does. we don't have predators. Yes, you do. There's plenty of creepy fucking people that live there. Yeah. <laughs> <Jesus Christ. laughs> 
I mean, yeah, I, there's no, I mean, I was born in Canada and God, I miss Canada, but in Canada, there's nothing compared to that. The bears, bears, bears do not fuck about. I, I absolutely adore bears, but at the same time, I don't, I don't understand how people, people walk up to bears all the time, like they're friendly, like I see it all the time and it makes me, it makes me die. Like, bears oh, no, are I not know they're not friendly. That's the only reason I went out there with a hockey stick. <laughs> yeah, but see, a hockey stick just it's like David and Goliath. I really don't think that's gonna go well for you. If the bear like, actually was angry, it'd kill you. It'd definitely kill you. Where you really would Oh, it could, exactly. Well, it was, it they was could, one of those things where I'm These things getting, break getting, like most femurs with one freaking swipe. Your stupid well, hockey garage, stick is not gonna protect to you. Run to a safe and get uh, out a gun. Oh and you then come do that or you have time. to run up. <laughs> or do you have to run over there and protect your dog? And I just happen to have a hockey stick sitting in the garage right there. So Gun you know. in a safe. This is America. My wife has a desk <laughs> gun. She has a purse gun. There's this is a New bathroom York. gun. This is not the same. <laughs> you live in real America. I live yeah. in this fucking whatever the fuck they want to call it now. It's like, why do you need a bathroom gun? Uh, horror movies? Yeah. Like, have you ever seen a horror movie? Have you ever you seen a stainless Halloween? steel revolver? <laughs> yeah. You need a stainless steel revolver in your bathroom just because. Yeah. You know? I mean, what kind of kidnapper is not going to let you go to the bathroom? <laughs> right? I'm not going to be surprised on the toilet. This is America. Yeah. <laughs> See, I just carry around a hockey stick instead. That's the most Canadian thing. I'm sorry, Bear. I'm sorry. It's <laughs> whacking it on the face. Yeah, yeah, Please. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, you. Yeah, yeah. I got no pick a pick in the biscuits. Yeah, man. I'm telling you, I, I would not be trying to take a bear out with the hockey stick. I would just listen. If you that's... kill a bear here without a license, and even if it's coming after your dogs, you, it's a ten thousand dollar fine. It's a red. You can't kill a bear. I don't be wrong. If I was, if I had a, I would have shot it anyways. But then I would have buried it. But if something happens and someone finds out that you shot a bear, no, you're not going to eat it. You need to eat it. It's good bear meat. I would eat it. I I would eat Dude. anything that I that I kill. No, not bears. <laughs> not bears. Bears bears are so full of freaking worms, man. You ever seen the videos of them like shitting worms out? Like I've seen no. no, that I have. no That's no. never been I, on I, my I'll, Google search. <laughs> I'll fucking I'll send you some, but like these guys, these worms are like these hey, these bears are walking around with like six feet of freaking tapeworm just hanging out of them. Like they're just so full of worms. They're, they're one of the animals. I would not eat. They're a scavenger, man. I would not. Uh, uh, uh. No. Dude, when, I try in Navy, try when I was in the Navy, we used yeah. to go fishing. And half the time when we would bring up a fish, I was talking huge salfins. There's two things that happen. One, you bring up a huge-ass fish. You take it down to the galley where they go ahead and chop it up and it's full of worms. <laughs> and it's horrible. Or, you know, it gets eaten by a fucking huge-ass animal that you never see. So you pull up its head. But at the same time, I mean, how all these things running around with the, all these worms in them? It's fucking nuts. I don't do parasites. Fuck that shit. Yeah. 
I don't like parasites. Parasites are uh, – there's so many things that I'll deal with. Okay, the fastest way to get me naked is not to just, like, play that here, drink this game. It's uh, let me find a fucking tick on me. I don't give oh, a shit. shit where I'm at. I don't I'm care least. where I'm at. Motherfucking middle of Walmart, it don't matter. Don't care. I'm getting naked. That's it. Tick under <laughs> my balls. Is there a tick under my balls? <laughs> oh, dude. Well, it all started like long ago when I was a little fucking kid, right? We were out hiking with the family back when, you know, like I had a family. And uh, they were uh, my absolutely insane freaking mother found a small ass little fucking tick on my brother and made such a bit. It was just crawling on his clothes, right? Made such a horrifically big deal out of it. Now, understand, I'm like four or five years old. That uh, now, like now you're scarred for life. It was like fucking world ending level crazy, right? She told my brother he was gonna die. Like we had to, we had to get down and pray. Like it, it, it was insanity, and uh, like everybody's praying for him and blah blah blah. And then the entire fucking time he's getting naked and being sprayed with a garden hose at high pressure. Like, and we're like, I'm like, oh Jesus. So it was just like absolutely fucking terrifying. And so ever since then, just ticks, don't do parasites. Nope, fuck that shit. Don't do parasites. So I know, so now I know what to get you for Christmas. A tick or a horse for some. What's <laughs> wrong with the damn horses fucking hate me, man? <laughs> You're so nice. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what it is. Oh, dude, what was up with, like, did anybody notice any weird shit on, like, fucking Saturday? Like, I don't know if the moon was aligned wrong or whatever, but people were fucking assholes Saturday. Saturday was a big, big micro day for me. I don't know. I didn't even look at the TV, I don't think. Oh, things were crazy Saturday. Everybody was so pissed off and angry and running around. I don't know. Was that balloon day? (laughs) Was that when the balloon was over us? Marking us for death? Uh, maybe. Yeah, it was. But, man, Saturday was intense. Like, everybody we came across was pissed off. Everybody, it didn't matter what it was. Like, people would, like, and I, okay, to give you an example, um, I asked this lady who was having a mental issue. I was like, all right, hon, have a seat on the cot. That's all I said. Literally, all right, hon, have a seat on the cot came unfucking glued and tried to bite me in the face. Legitimately full rabies jump on me like a spider monkey bite me in the face. I was like, I didn't say anything. I didn't do anything. It wasn't me. It was just like that all day, all day Saturday. It was crazy. Everybody Log off? What happened? Dinner at time? You went really loud, really fast for some reason. You were blowing, blaring me out. He's gone. Can you hear me? Am I here? <laughs> yeah, I can hear you. I don't know yeah. what happened there for a minute. I think we got a, one of us had a, a big fucking uh, network jump. Huh. I was like, my network's been stable. I'm watching it like live yeah. the entire time. 
Hmm. But, I don't know. I haven't had any problems. Well, we lost. We lost the. We lost, lost our the, guest. I guess he. <laughs> you scared him off with your bear story, Jesus! <laughs> oh, he's, yeah. He's coming back. There he he's is. Back. Hello, hello. I don't know what happened there. Yeah. I don't know the whole the whole internet. Just Fucking like, UK internet. <laughs> Hey, so how is being much closer to the whole Russia bullshit going on for oh, you there. guys? Um, being in the UK is a little bit intimidating because the UK is so small. If you dropped one nuke on the UK, it'd fuck up. The, the, that's the end of the UK. But America, you can't blow up all of America with one bomb. But the UK, the UK is tiny, so there's a bit of anxiety because London's playing a primary role in supporting Ukraine and obviously Russia threatening retaliation. But we try not well, to think about it. Yeah, sounds like it. <laughs> how is how is it? Uh, uh, how is your news handling it? Because here in America, we all kind of know it's a proxy war, and uh, you know it's 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 kind of getting glossed over now. Yeah, I don't see too much about it in the media anymore. But, I mean, there's definitely still a lot of support. We have refugees everywhere. And, yeah, I mean, just got a lot of sympathy for them. Honestly, they've been for a fucking lot. But at the same time, is is better that they've left Russia and they've got the freedom. I can't imagine what it's like living under that country, under Russian control, occupation, that's the word. Yeah. This is probably the the last time that Russia. This is the last decade, I believe, that Russia is going to be able to field a military because of their population problems, their population crash. Um, that's what I've seen or what I've read uh, from why they had to go ahead and kind of rush into this whole deal. Was that how can Russia have, win? In your opinion, Russia can't win. Not at this point. Russia could have won at the beginning. And they could have won at the beginning if they did the whole – they tried to pull off an American-style blitzkrieg, like how America, when we go in, we go in with a shitload of freaking people really, really fast, hit all the major infrastructure, overwhelm everything, and then throw in a bunch of freaking troops in every corner, right? And um, they tried that, and it stalled out. They ran out of fuel, and then they found out that the tires on their vehicles were bad, and they didn't have enough people to operate the tanks that they had. So they uh, they stalled out. And remember that giant line of tanks that sat there for like almost a freaking month? You know, like, because yeah. they just ran out of, they ran out of fuel. They ran out of food. They ran out of everything. And people went, oh, fuck this. I'm going to go home because, hell, we've just been sitting here without heat or fuel or food or anything or water for a few days. In the very beginning, before they lost momentum, they could have won. And they could have won just by sheer overwhelming power and force, which, like shock and awe type stuff, which America does. They tried to fight a war like America fights a war. Russia's never been good at that. In fact, I don't know any culture that can pull off of the, pull off American-style war. Um, what they should have done is do it how Russia's good at doing things. A big, slow, heavy moving wave. Um, instead of their supply lines got way too stretched out at this point, they can't win. 
they've given their they've given the uh, Ukrainian people much, too much of a chance to form a very well organized resistance and a insurgency that Russia has never been good at fighting insurgencies. They've gotten their ass kicked by every insurgency they've came across, including all the way back even to the original Afghanistan's. So even with their numbers, you think they don't they don't have a chance? Oh, not at all. Uh, especially against such a well-funded, it's a globally funded insurgency. Now, Russia, with all their great numbers and everything, had invaded Afghanistan way back in the day. And that did not go well. And they eventually got their asses kicked out of there. And it was literally just Afghanistan, hill, hilly goat humpers. <laughs> I'm not a big fan of Afghanistan. So all these like you know these goat herding goat humpers versus tanks, and they still got their asses whooped, and they got pushed back out of Afghanistan because insurgencies are really really hard to fight. Um, even a standard insurgency, you have two options: you can win over the hearts and the minds of the people and turn the people against the insurgency, or you just go in there and you kill an entire generation, and that's how you win against an insurgency. Um, that would be if it was not heavily funded. Uh, and you've got the Ukrainian uh, insurgency, which has got to be one of the most heavily funded insurgencies in the entire world. Uh, you've got Americans sending planes and tanks and weapons and everything else over there. You've got every country sending something. You've got the Germans sending the Leopard 2 tanks. You've got everybody sending all their cool shit, and it's become at this point, almost like a testing ground for new weapons. You've got people sending out anti-aircraft weapons that have never actually been seen in combat. They're like, hey, uh, here's the manual, and we made you a little, like, YouTube video of how to use this. Uh, go ahead and shoot this at some Russians and see what happens. See if they can counteract this, because now we're really curious. So you've got <laughs> you got everybody trying all of their weapons out against the Soviets because you've got the Soviets in a giant shooting fishbowl. There's no way for Russia to win. They can't win. All they can do at this point is try to limit the amount of damage they take. If they were smart, what they would do is take the land that they currently occupy, reinforce the living shit out of it, redraw their borders of Russia over to that line, and then in the next over the next couple few years, just advance that line until there's no more uh, um, Ukraine. But they're not want to do that. They want to have a decisive end all be all victory, and that's not going to happen. Yeah, it kind of seemed like a losing battle from the start, if I'm honest. Yeah, they they had a huge problem with uh, the westernization of their people. And that sounds like a bad thing. It's not a bad thing for the West. It's a bad thing for people who haven't been exposed to it because they take it to an extreme. Like, too, a little bit too much freedom had kind of infiltrated the Communist Party, and then everybody got kind of super left-leaning and really, really weak. Um, and so you could you didn't have the stereotypical Russian man eat, you know, loot fisk, screw bear, you know, and that went away. 
And now everybody had feelings and no longer wanted to go march in wet boots across uh, the Crimea. So they killed their warrior culture. That's what they did. Still flakes. Nobody does war like the West. That's for certain. (laughs) Nobody does war like the West. Like, I've served with a lot of British guys, a lot of English uh, soldiers and stuff like that. They're great. They're fantastic. Um, I'm including those in the West, you know. Uh, But nobody does war like the West, (laughs) you know. Uh, They just don't. That's why I'm not too worried about China. As the, the well, in fact, China's going to do something, they have to do it now. There's no waiting. If they don't well, do it. China is not, China's looking probably to 2025-ish before they're going to be able to do anything. But China's up against the same population hurdle and population gap is Russia. issues as Russia. That yeah. This is one of the last times that this is the last decade that China is going to be able to field a full-strength military. They're not even at full. They, they're not full-strength right now. They no, but what for... would be considered a full-strength military, like a, gotcha. like a world-class military, uh, just because their, their population is declining so fast. Everybody's decided that just globally, they're like, eh, it's kind of a shitty time to have kids. And uh, Yeah, but they had, they had the one-child rule for so long that they fucked themselves. Yeah. That really did not help them at all. No, not even a little bit. <laughs> well, now India is projected to overtake China in population this year. My, I don't so really India have any problem with, with the Indian people. I don't. I don't have any problem I with the Indian. I should hope not. They haven't done anything. Doesn't matter. I mean, <laughs> Farrell hates who he hates. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I, I'm a very hateful individual. No, but. Uh, uh, no, I just don't have any problem with them. I mean, I, I find them to be generally a very nice and welcoming people. Um, I don't like the class system that they have, uh, but I haven't had any major negative dealings with them. And I've been all over the world, and I've ran into them in different environments, uh, and I've never had any very major, like, negative dealings with them. And I've had... Uh, I I have friends that I consider family that are Pakistani, right? And so usually around the, the, the Super Bowl, we have a party with the Pakistani weekend where we just go and party with the Pakistanis in Dallas. It's a great time. Um, and it's just, I don't really have any major negative issues with them. They're not extremists. They're cool. People that I would like to hang out with more would be the uh, uh, man, the guys with the really big, crazy turbans. What the hell were their names? What, what? Seek. 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 The Seek. Seek culture. Yeah. I would love to hang out with those guys some more. Those guys are badasses. They got a cool ass culture. Uh, overall, really, really neat people. What are you fucking doing over there, Deadpool? What do you mean? I what, you, what am I doing? It's like you're bouncing a ball off of the wall or something. Oh, yeah, well, I'm rocking here in, in my in my desk chair. Can you uh, hear that? Yeah, <laughs> you can hear nice. everything. It's because you got the gain turned up on your microphone. 
There we go. I've locked my chair into position. Yeah, the Sikh Sikh people are heavily into reincarnation. What do you think of that? A load of a load of mumbo jumbo. Ah, uh, man, I've got so many, so much crap in my head. It has to come from somewhere. So it, <laughs> it's there's. That's another know, rabbit man, hole like, for sure. I don't know if it's uh, um, like I don't think that you're gonna go and be born a an earthworm and the next life going to be a fucking dolphin. But, uh, you know. <laughs> I, I want to come back as a, as a woman's bicycle seat. <laughs> <laughs> I don't see any sort of issue with uh, the reincarnation as a whole, but that would mean that there is like a... The only way I can see that reincarnation as a whole works is if there is a finite amount of energy, Right? And it's stuck inside of a globe. And so it can't escape and go anywhere else. So it just has to keep being recycled. Does that make sense? Yeah. Energy is always energy. just changes forms. Yeah, but there's such an infinite amount of space that, like, ah, it's got to go somewhere. I mean, we're not stuck inside of a globe. How do you know? Have you ever seen Men in Black? No, but I mean, it's number one. <laughs> what are you doing over there? You keep doing construction noises. You're I'm doing lab kicking. work while we talk. Fucking ADD's kicking in. I, so, I, I, but, <laughs> but, uh, uh, no, so number one on my let's like number one on my bucket list is uh, to uh, be the first person with an intergalactic fraternity suit. I so, do want a fucking alien. That is on my bucket list for sure. <laughs> <laughs> I don't care what it looks like. I don't fuck it. Yeah, that's uh, like what I'm talking about. Intergalactic maternity suit. I don't want to just screw an alien. I want him to have to show up and sue the freaking United States or the world for uh, you know uh, child support on my behalf. So, <laughs> has someone grown a mushroom in space or in zero gravity, even if it's just in a lab? They have. That's a really good fucking idea. We they have had to. Was. I have to look that up. Hold on. Well, we were looking at that one stuff. Remember for uh, Mars and the Moon. So they've yeah. obviously they had one. Oh, no. Mycelium in zero gravity. That sounds intriguing. Could you imagine having what? just a substrate ball? You know, there's no trike. You have it. There's no gravity. So the substrate's there, you put your hand, and then you hold it up in the air, and then you just let it go, and now you're growing <laughs> a sub-ball in space. You oh, have they this- grow a lot better in space. Um, so much so that they fucked up Mir. Like really? Like the space station? <laughs> yeah. So it turns out that they grow really, 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 really well in space, and they had... Uh, some spores just from regular cobweb mold follow them up and get into the mirror space station. Fucking cobweb mold. No. Yeah. (laughs) And so what they were doing, like they've grown mushrooms in space and they get way bigger. They don't have to fight any gravity. They don't have to fight any. They just get fucking massive. And you've got perfect sterile tech pretty much. Not if they brought up fucking cobweb mold. (laughs) 
you'd think. So says, yeah, right. Astronauts on the International Space Station are already in a constant battle with mold, which grows in the really? station's walls and equipment. Yeah. Jesus. Yeesh. So they're they're well the pro their their space station mold it says has adapted to survive two hundred times the radiation that would kill a human. Oh god, these pictures are nasty. It's literally covered in tricks. The walls are covered in tricks. Dude, now that that's how we get the uh the cordyceps that we need to kill the that's human race. Well, I mean, everybody's no. breathing and sweating and shit, so where do you think that fucking humidity's going? It's going to the no. walls, which is slightly colder, right? So the walls are always damp and covered. It's in- like when you were in boot camp and they had to make they made you work out until the walls sweat. Yeah, it's like that, but in a fucking but yeah, it's like you can't roll down the windows. Yeah. <laughs> it's just it's just a they're living in a fucking bag. Like 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 no, 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 you're like don't I'm like Farrell, don't you shit? Don't you fucking <laughs> It's freaking me out, man. I'm sorry, but just like wake up and stare at this there's 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 gotta be this like six foot section of trick growing on this wall. Like right next to all these straps, and it's like I couldn't I'd be like I twitching, I twitching, I twitching. Like I could I could have wouldn't be able to sit up there and look at it. Oh, and they got Aspergillus niger, the uh, the the black mold, you know. Yeah. Ah, oh, man, that stuff is nasty. That causes black lung and all sorts of shit. No one tells you this about the space station. You see, this is I wouldn't have known until you brought it up. Oh, that's so it's, bad. Yeah, man. They can take one thousand gray. And their spores can. They've adapted to take 1,000 gray. That is so much radiation. Did they, Have you heard that you, supposedly Putin's dying of radiation? Apparently, he's been he's he's got cancer from all the from all of the the, the experimental weapons and stuff he's been around. He supposedly it's worn off on him. Who? Well, that's at least he's died, died doing what he loves. You know, Putin. Putin. Oh, so, Putin. Trick, I couldn't tell from I'm your still, accent. That's like I'm, I'm saying. I'm still fucked up over this. All right. So these fucking this this super trick that they got in fucking space is taking a thousand gray. Okay, humans get radiation sickness at half a gray and are killed outright by five gray. All right. Easy. Yeah, we're oh, dead dude, as I fuck. See it. Do they have all those straps on the walls from where they came from here? Yeah, I don't know what the hell kind of straps those are. (laughs) Those are definitely some waterboarding straps right there. Some of those, it says uh, some of those, whatever, some of it's been growing up there for 30 fucking years. That's nasty. Fuck that. I bet you the International Space Station smells nasty. They yeah, could like, like an old, dirty locker room. Oh, yeah. You gotta add some trick and some black mold up there, too. I bet you it's gonna they smell could like breed that. some nasty contagion and bring it back to Earth. And you know those people have been humping up there like crazy. Yeah, they had a big problem with do. mixing... They had a big problem with mixing the, the male and the female astronauts together because they kept humping. 
Like, hey, hey, baby, you want to join the hundred mile high club? Well, I'm <laughs> yeah, well, what are you going to do with your own space? Hump day. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Let's join the hundred mile high club, bro. It's not gay; it's in space. Oh, my Lord. That's so nasty. Yeah, I can see why that hasn't been on the news. Well, it's definitely one of the... Oh, they did a real bunch of... They grew a bunch of beautiful trick inside of uh, all sorts of capsules. Well, what, isn't, the space, isn't the space station about to be let go? Aren't they making a new space station or something? Well, they better just burn that bitch because I don't want any of that <laughs> shit back here. <laughs> They, 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 they can be easily sanitized. No. It if can't. no one's on board. How are you going to do that? Because they tried ra- radiation. You can't radiation it enough. Some bleach water. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just flood the bitch with bleach. Yeah, but I mean, so it's like easy. Bleach, with bleach. Yeah, just flood it because no one's on there. If you take the could... people off, you fill it up with the bleach and it'll fucking, yeah. So why wouldn't that work? And mushrooms. I'm googling that right now. I'm, so I'm seeing if spores can f- survive the vacuum of space. Definitely, uh, yeah, actually, actually, quite a few of them can actually. They can because that's how supposedly they got here on comets and meteors and shit. You think mushrooms are an alien species? I hope so because that'll be awesome because we're friends, and I'm gonna fuck uh, a jar right now. <laughs> uh, I'm so, sorry. Yeah. I'm sorry. I'm gonna hump a jar right now. Yeah, we're trying to be. This is this is a a family friendly drug oriented fucking chat. Okay. <laughs> I, do, I apologize to all of our listeners. All oh yes. <laughs> we're up to eighty. Eighty. Oh shit! I better be polite. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. We love you. Yeah. Long time. Uh, they can up to eighty percent of the spores exposed to a vacuum of space, as long as they are protected from the solar UV radiation, they survive. Well, yeah, that's Pretty. not gonna. Happen. Unless it's buried in a meteorite, I guess. Well, yeah, I mean, or just folded up inside of a fucking like piece of foil. <laughs> I mean, as long as it's just d- direct UV ray or UV light, that eighty percent of the spores uh, are surviving. That's see crazy. that that re- reaffirms what I said earlier about the trike and everything being outside because the UV kills it. Right? Are you really actually humping that fucking thing? Because it sounds like it. That's not my. That's not my mic. That's uh. That's our mic. Oh I don't, Jesus! I can't get anything back from the microphone. I should hope not. I, I disconnected all my shit. It should be nice and quiet now. <laughs> I mean, if you can hear you it, I'll, not, I'll be you better not. You better not be actually humping the damn jar while we're talking. <laughs> she can hear you. <laughs> This the first person, yeah, dibs. This is, this I just, hey guys, pretty. I just inoculated a jar. 
Yep. The first cross, I'm going to call it the uh, the DPA, the, the DAPE. The DAPE. Yep. <laughs> this has been this has been a definitely a fun talk. What do you think there, Mushroom Sar? You think what do you think? <laughs> we didn't really do a good job of interviewing you. I the mean, first five I minutes thought... were good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we haven't really pre-planned much. There's no real topic, but I mean, we've definitely covered some topics. I had no idea the space station was moldy. Interesting to I. And I no longer want to go. <laughs> I'm staying here. Have you heard that they're building a hotel on the moon in the, by in the next like ten years? They've they've already started gathering funds to build a hotel on the moon, so you can go to stay in a hotel on the moon, or you can buy an apartment on the moon. Well, now I'm worried it's going to be a big moldy fucking mess. <laughs> they're going to be brand new. They'll be moldy for the people after you, but these ones are brand new. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's, a, it's, a, it's, it's a sealed environment like you know how are they going to get fresh air unless you haul it up they, <laughs> they would have to have they would have to have um like a greenhouse that they can actually the kind keep, of keep all the moisture and recycle everything but then it would be dry as fuck yeah they have to use what do you use that lithium they use lithium to re, re, to to break the carbon dioxide back in oxygen I think that's what they use. The lithium scrubbers, well, air scrubbers. It also mixes with salt um, somehow. Um, for No, that's a scrubber. If you if you did end up going to the, the hotel on the moon, would you smuggle mushrooms? Um, I, w- I would definitely bring some prints. <laughs> I'd, I would, I'd need to do mushrooms on the moon. Uh, there's something about that that seems, yeah. <laughs> it seems like it'd be a very spiritual experience. I'm taking them home. I'm just bringing them home. <laughs> Yeah, like, yeah, I'm thinking I'd probably take mushrooms on, on up there. Like, what's that? That's my arthritis medication. Uh, that's <laughs> yeah, Neither, don't touch my vitamins. <laughs> <laughs> Those are my anti radiation pills. Yeah, but yeah, that'd definitely be a fun place to take mushrooms. It's, yeah, it's you want to go outside and pick up some rocks. <laughs> yeah, you'd be a liability. No. I don't know how. Maybe like that stupid kid in the, in the UK where they get all messed up and then they blame the mushrooms because you were stupid and want to go swimming in the fucking freezing <laughs> night or whatever the fuck. God, I love fucking stupid ass people. How do you blame mushrooms for something like that? Uh, you know, I've. All these, all these years in emergency medicine, and I've never had anybody who was uncontrollably spastic on fucking mushrooms, right? I've had them be a little cryy or slightly unreasonable, but easy to redirect, right? right. But I've never had any. I've never had anybody like just losing their goddamn shit, like I have on I've had people. Well, that that's a good yeah, question. I, I, in all I, I your years. Have you ever had anybody OD on mushrooms? No. I mean, define OD. I've never had anybody take them to the point where they were going they to got die. Death's door. Yeah. Yeah, yeah no, no, not at all. I've had I them take them so. to the point where they were fucking couch locked and their friend called because they thought they were dead. No, because like, they were they both bleeding? couch locked and he was scared he was going to get in trouble. <laughs> no, like the guy was sitting there like a fucking zombie. Like, like he was, he looked like a. Uh, <laughs> 
like a mannequin, right? <laughs> and I'm like, I'm like, shot, you're like, shine the light in his eyes. He just follows it, follows his head, follows the light. I'm like, he's fine. He's just somewhere else. <laughs> I was like, yeah. he's okay. <laughs> Why are you going to fuck up his eye like that? His vitals are fine. Put on. Put on fucking Disney or some shit like that. Let him watch the pretty colors and call it a day. Yeah. If I ever have a lot of time. Yeah. No, of course. People are $500 for marketing. Yeah. Oh, dude, I am not the, I am not at all a responsible fucking adult. When it comes to fucking with people who are on like acid, I am the worst (laughs) person. Have you we're talking about the person that drugs people at AA meetings so that he knows yeah, who's lying and who's not. All right. I was gonna say, have yeah. you ever spiked anybody? Is that is that a thing you're guilty of? Because I hear that it's very taboo to spike people. I'm pissed psychedelics have to be a choice. Yeah, no, I don't I don't spike people with psychedelics. I'm the guy that goes to like uh, the AA meetings and then puts uh the the inky cap mushrooms. In the coffee, and inky cap mushrooms make you severely allergic to alcohol for 24 hours. So you can see who's lying uh, because, like, they just start projectile vomiting, like fucking trying to puke up their toenails. Like, I'm pretty sure it must be. And I'm taking the really fast. Like, yeah. So no, I haven't. I haven't given anybody psychedelics against their will or spiked them or anything. I never drugged anybody with. I've I've drunk people with antidotes <laughs> against their will, but not with like things to get them high. Like I, could, uh, I could hear you. I could hear the brain, your the cogs in your brain turning and thinking about all the people you've drunk. Doki, come oh, on. Uh, we all know that you've double tapped some people to get them to calm down. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. Now, I, I've i drugged people in a professional <laughs> side to just dro- to get them to calm the fuck down, right? Like, Versed is five milligrams of calm the fuck down. Um, I, it's, like put- it's like taking the batteries out of something and watching, like, the little robot fucking slow down and then fall over, right? Like, I, I have something I call the dart. Professionally, I call the dart. It's uh, Versed, Ativan, and, Val- and Benadryl mixed together, right? Sometimes I'll throw in some Valium, too, if I don't like the person, or if the person's particularly squirrely. And I just run up and jab them like I'm knife fighting them, right? I don't give a shit. Some meaty part of their body, just bam, inject and walk away. And uh, actually, a long time ago, (laughs) um, when I was working in a a very remote part of Texas, I was the, uh, the dog catcher. And the only paramedic. And so I had a dart gun. A literal fucking dart gun. And I had used I had used that several times. Several times on very angry freaking people. Uh and it works beautifully. Just op- just open the door a little bit, shoot them in the fucking thigh or ass, close Did the you door. Say and you wait can to stop the you what? I said, Did you say you've been tranquilizing crackheads with a dart gun? Uh, well, yes. yes. <laughs> it's a, he's, but don't worry, he has a permit. He has a permit. I'm a, I'm a professional. I'm what you'd call a professional. Yeah. Don't try this at home. Hold my beer. Yes. Uh, it's part of my job. 
But uh, now it's got all the. Now it's got like there's been a bunch of things in the news about people doing it wrong, you know. When what farting uh, packets? Yeah, no. I mean, if you're gonna fucking tranquilize somebody, you need to have a, a clear vision in your head of what you're gonna do to manage their airway, right? Not just tranquilize somebody and then leave them there not breathing and go, uh, we should probably breathe for them now and then scramble and look for your shit. And by the time you get your shit together, they're dead. You should have like, you know, a BVM, some oxygen, an ET tube set up, you know, so you can take care of them. Because once you do tranquilize somebody, they're your responsibility. So uh, I try not to knock people out to the point where they're no longer breathing. I have but, uh, to ask you, I have to ask, are you actually allowed to tranquilize people or is this just a thing that occasionally happens? Like or is it a part or are you actually allowed to pull out a dart gun and point it at homeless people? They frown at uh <laughs> they, <laughs> they it's frown a great at, area for sure. They frown <laughs> at dart guns. They frown at dart guns. What about but, blow uh, guns? Can you use a blow gun? I've tried to use a blowgun. There's a there's one of my favorite companies in the entire fucking world. Shout out to you, New Dart. It's called New Dart. It's P N U E D A R T. Love the freaking company. They were the first people to sell me my first dart gun, and they didn't ask a single fucking question. Like, hey, are you illegally allowed to use this? Why would you need a dart gun? Nah, they just like here's the fucking dart gun and here's a bunch of darts, <laughs> explosively injected darts. Understand these darts hit and then a little explosive goes off and injects everything inside the fucking dart into that target in like a billionth of a second, right? Just like bam, and uh, it's beautiful. It's it's the same kind of shit that they use to put down fucking elephants. Dude, I'm looking at it right now because you gave me the website. I want yeah, one of these uh, so badly for the next bear that decides to fuck with my dogs. I, it's amazing, right? So when I first got the damn new dart, I darted everything I could possibly fucking dart. Skunks, feral cats. I got his old lady. <laughs> just all sorts of shit, yeah. That's how I met my wife. <laughs> after, <laughs> after a while, that, uh, what is it called? <laughs> the... Uh, uh, what's it called when somebody's a hostage for a while and starts falling for the person? Oh, damn it. I know what you're talking about. It's a uh, shit. Ugh. Syndrome. Yeah. It'll come to me when the podcast is over. <laughs> exactly. After a while, the syndrome just takes root. But <laughs> No. Uh, love that company. Stockholm Great Syndrome. Stuff. Stockholm Syndrome. Yes. Yeah, you just got to get through that first uncomfortable month of the Stockholm Syndrome. Then after that, they kind of forget who they were. But uh, uh, <laughs> the dark gun helps. Yeah, dark gun helps. Negative reinforcement. Well, uh, so I had originally used it just for animal control purposes, what you're supposed to use it for. On the farm, like giving vaccinations and shit to animals from a distance, uh, that kind of stuff. Well, then I was like, hey, I bet you this would work like a motherfucker for like the next crackhead we have hauled up in a in a house somewhere, like threatening to burn the shit down or whatever. And so we used it on a crackhead. The cops were on one side, like just kind of distracting them. And I went to like the back window and just like opened the back window and popped him in the fucking ass. And then like 
30 seconds, 45 seconds later, the guy was still yelling, but not as energetic. And then, like, within five minutes, he was just, like, sitting in the corner watching the pink brontosaurus dance on the fucking wall, right? He was just super (laughs) calm and super relaxed. It was great. So uh, that kind of became, like, our SOP. But now this was 20 fucking years ago when people were not, like, as sensitive as they are now. But when you do dart somebody or you do drug somebody in the medical field, use what's called chemical restraint, right? Is a, is the technical term for it? Is that you have to be prepared to take care of their airway, right? To manage everything for them. So you need to be able to put them on an EKG, have an Do airway. Do I have to have a license to chemically restrain people? Yes, if you don't, that's called kidnapping. Yeah. <laughs> Even in the UK, is it called kidnapping in the UK? <laughs> I don't I, know. I believe so. It's probably just Tuesday in the fucking yeah. UK. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> I mean, like, hey, what's your favorite pickup line? Here, drink this. But, uh, <laughs> but uh, no, so uh, yeah, you got to be really, you got to be really careful with it. So I've I've used it before, but now it's uh, they won't let me use at the company I'm with. They won't let me use a dart gun or a blowgun. I tried to get around it by using the actual blowgun, uh, but. We have to actually go up there and put ourselves in danger by physically stabbing them with a needle. Uh, But there's been a couple of news stories recently about people dying after being chemically restrained. It's because these you get all these newbies who don't have a lot of training, I guess, and they use ketamine and they used a lot of it. Now, ketamine is great, and I'm a big fan of ketamine. Uh, And... I've never actually gotten high myself on ketamine, but I have put hundreds of people into K-holes for different reasons, for pain control or because they were just psychiatric patients or stuff like that. They were just going ape shit and trying to bite their own fingers off, which does happen. And uh, So you just kind of knock them down for their own safety. Well, there was this guy, they, they ended up basically darting this guy with who was having a... Uh, a severe psychosis episode, and then they laid him down on his chest. He was handcuffed with hands behind his back, and they laid him down on his chest and stomach. Well, it takes a lot of muscles, and your muscles get very, very tired very quickly to breathe with your hands behind your back laying on your chest on a concrete, right? And the guy ended up suffocating and died uh, under why he was then under the care of the EMS people. So that that was really bad. You have to definitely have a plan. And I don't think that the training is there for most of these new, they're just like your run-of-the-mill average street paramedic. I don't think the, the, the training is there uh, for them like it was so many years ago. So many years ago, training was a little, it took longer to become a paramedic. Now it's, it's, it's sped up because the shortage, you know. Is drinking old people in nursing homes what you'd call chemical restraint? Well, yeah, I mean, some dude, you don't fucking know what that grandpa's done for his life. <laughs> that guy might have fucking dementia, but he was a golden glove freaking boxer in the fucking military for thirty fucking years. He and he is now having a flashback to the ring, and you're his opponent. And that motherfucker's going to straight up knock your damn teeth out. 
He's going to fuck you up. So it's, you might have to give him a little Ativan. <laughs> you know? Give him a little Versed. Calm him down. It's also kind of cool to watch the batteries go out. But no, you just don't just surprise people with, hey, you're looking at me kind of cross-eyed there, Grandma. But uh, and just randomly drug people. Kind of have a reason. Did you guys go away? Hello? Yeah, Damn. both of you guys disappeared. Hello? I don't know why. I just said something beautifully interesting. You didn't hear that? No. Ridiculous. I don't know what happened. We had another internet hiccup. Yeah, I can hear you guys now. Yeah. I'll just cut out that little silent area. No problem. Oh, you know what it was? I got I got one of our one of the guys text me on Discord, so I popped over to Discord to best to answer him. I wonder if when I when I bring that up, if it turns off the actual yeah, you have to have this window up or it doesn't it doesn't record. Ah, all right. So you can minimize this window or make this window smaller and then drag it to the side as long as you can see this window, you right. can uh you're still on. Yeah. And with you. Well, Jim, anybody else got anything else to say or are we going to round this up today? I think I had a good time today. This is a good thing. This was fun. Random Monday Monday craziness. We just bring some, we just drag some random Monday person in against their will and make them join us in our crazy. There you go. Yeah. Spread, spread, spread the crazy. <laughs> you got any final words or anything nice you want to say there, Mushrooms are? I'm just happy to be a part of things and I'm ecstatic with the direction the podcast is taking. Hopefully, we can get to some. Uh, more apocalyptic talk like last week. I thought that episode was absolutely amazing, but we can, or at least keep it a little bit more themed. Sorry that things got so off track, but yeah, I'm glad we got to talk about the space station and whatnot. Yeah, that was pretty cool. I, I liked it. No idea that it was so dirty up there. <laughs> yeah, right. I I feel dirtier <laughs> as looking after looking at those pictures. I got to take a shower. It's crushed so many of my dreams of space travel. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I would go yeah, up to space, but I'm gonna be wearing I'm gonna be wearing like a fucking medical gown. There's no way I'm gonna go up there and fuck around. I'm wearing a body prophylactic for sure. Yeah, fuck yeah, <laughs> body full body condom, full body condom. I'm not gonna go up there. You know what it's growing on? It's growing other dead skin cells. That's what that shit is. Like, there's what else is there to fucking grow? And it's growing on a metal so wall. So it has to be eating people. It's yes. got to be eating people. Yes, it's aspergillus. It can eat people. It gets in your lungs and causes the black lung and shit like that. Or like, uh, it, it's not a good. It's not a good mold to have. How about you, dude? I saw That's those cool. pictures. I ice on my eyes. Uh, don't do that. That's gonna hurt. <laughs> uh, it's, already, it's already been done. I feel so much better. <laughs> Refreshing. Yes. <laughs> you got anything nice to say, bud? Ah, uh, you know what? Join join the uh, Discord we got for you guys. Bapo Cult. Um, 
we have uh, if you have any topics or questions make sure you put them down and uh, if i don't talk to you during the week we will definitely bring them up on the podcast later on tuesday nights so no have fun michael yeah tuesday nights are our themed uh podcast where we have the whole group on and we talk about specific subjects. Mondays we'll keep open for grabbing some random stranger from the, either from our listening audience or from the Discord, dragging them or on the street. a little bit Don't of insanity. <laughs> yeah. We're happy to have this segment, this new segment we're going to be doing. Uh, you can always find us at uh, fafocult at gmail.com. You can find us on all the various streaming platforms, and if you like the podcast, want to support it in any sort of way, you can throw us a, bit, a couple dollars on Venmo at Fafocult. Uh, we promise not to use the money for any good or giving back to the community. It would be used only for keeping the podcast going or just complete degenerate uses. Debauchery. Debauchery, yeah. We love you guys. We value our listeners, and as always, keep your powder dry. We'll talk to you all later. (laughs) Later.